All right, welcome back to the Audible. Kim Camper, John Kinjemi, and uh, John, we're getting used to this. Uh, he's doing the show from distance, and uh, it's, <laughs> it's a little crazy, but but our world's a little crazy right now, and uh, we're doing as well as we can. But that being said, Kim Camper here, John Kinjemi there, and uh, John, the good thing is, the good thing is with the way the draft is now and, and the way that the league has, has set things up is, you know, you're, you're not sitting there, you're, you're not sitting there two days before training camp starts and you got your, your top two draft picks and unsigned and you're wondering when, when they're going to show up. Now, now it's pretty much a, a done deal. Uh, the Dolphins already have what, uh, what six players signed out, out of their draft class. And, uh, and I would expect over the next couple of weeks, uh, they'll, they'll get them all, all put to bed here pretty quickly. Cause John really in reality with the draft and the way it's set up now, you, wherever you get drafted, whatever slot you're in, you're going to get about 3% of what 3% of uh, o- over what they got. Those players at that spot got last year. So it makes it pretty easy and really doesn't leave very much room for players to, to hold out every now and then. I think you saw the Boza kids that, uh, you know, hold out a little bit, uh, uh, and, and every now and then someone else. But for the most part, John, it's draft and sign for the league these days and, and no different for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I agree with you, Bo. And in terms of I never thought I'd use a four letter word more than I've used Zoom in the last maybe four <laughs> to six weeks. Right. And, and I think yep. the league is starting to adapt to to being able to function at a distance. And yep. I'm not so sure that the signings would have been any different. But I, I think for the young guys, it, it's just a matter of catching up. And I think there's there's a little apprehension, I would think, yeah. on all the coaching staffs throughout the entire NFL, all 32 teams wondering and crossing their fingers if those guys that are saying, yeah, I got it, yeah, I got it, um, maybe don't have it until you get yeah. to see them in person. But with yeah. the signings, I, I don't think there's any difference. You know, I think you know there's been six Dolphins that have been able to – to ink uh, their contracts. And, and like you said, Bo, they're all going to be slotted in no matter if you go first or you go in the middle of the pack or you go last, there's a whole, there's not a whole lot of room for negotiation. You know, there might be on some minor uh, individual contracts, depending on what position you play and maybe some incentivized things that you have in your contract, but pretty much everybody's going to be slotted in at a price range and you're going to go accordingly. So I think that's been very smooth for, for, you know, what we're having to deal with on a daily basis of dealing with business and dealing with operational and functionality of the league. I think all that's pretty much seamless now. And, And I would think that hopefully as we inch closer to getting some type of normalcy, in our lives, our, our regular daily lives, it, it would it would inch back into the business side as well, and and sure, certainly the NFL falls into that category. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is from a signing standpoint, pretty much business as usual. And usually, usually, John, the only guys that really have any any, any really any anything to deal with as far as the draft are the you know the top few rounds of guys, and you know you'll see somebody, and, and usually it's a, they want some setback kind of deals. The, the numbers are pretty well firm, but you know, some of it's whether, you know, if uh, that fifth year extension or whatever, different things that they they uh, they talk about. But it's uh, it's become a lot more reasonable than, it, than it's been in the past where you, you draft guys high and, and you don't have them for the first month of the season because they've held out. And then they're virtually worthless to you the rest of that year. And you kind of toss away their first year and try to get them back on speed next year. And, and so I, I like the way the NFL has done that, gotten that out of the way. You, you touched on a little bit, John. 
<clears throat> something else I wanted to talk about these the 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 teams now are I think I think virtually every team in the league is gone to virtual meetings right now, be it Zoom or whatever whatever app apparatus they use for that. Um, and and like you said, you know, it gives you an opportunity to kind of uh, speak to your players, start putting some install in, you know, the basic stuff. But John, it's it's <clears throat> I can I can I can guarantee you these coaches, um, personnel people are, are probably a little bit uncomfortable for this because, like you said, you know, you can you know you can you can be you can be on one of these virtual chats and <clears throat> you know. And the coach goes, okay, we got this, this, this. And you get that. And everyone's like, it. yeah, yeah. We're in the back of their minds going, I'm going to shake my head, yeah, because I don't want to be the dummy out there, but I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Right you know I mean? Whereas where where if you're in a meeting room, you know, and you're in your meeting and you're in, look, and, you know, there's there's something, you know, it's, you, you're never going to have that closeness that you would have with your head coach, your position coach, your coordinators where you've got a meeting where you're actually sitting in a meeting room and you talk about it. And, and as, as, as the meeting breaks and you head out to practice, you know, you can pull that coach aside and say, coach, I'm not sure what you were talking about with this or and get a little, and get a little of that personal insight. That, those are the types of things I think you meet with miss with these virtual meetings. Now, now having said that the, the entire league is dealing with it. it's like anything else playing on a, on a muddy field or a snowy day or a, a really hot day. Both, both teams got to play in the same, in the same circumstances, and it's no different with this. Yeah, I would think as a coach, just putting you know your coaching hat on for a minute, you would have maybe three or four guys out of – say you're holding a defensive meeting, and there's probably three or four guys you're walking into the meeting going, I need to look this guy in the eye mm-hmm. and make sure when I explain this particular scheme on this particular blitz that I want to hear it from that guy. <clears throat> Because there's, you know, he's very important to us disguising or us getting in yeah. the right formation or us having the right leverage. And I think you don't get that that instant uh, that instant uh, feedback when you're virtually kind of going. Does everybody have it? And everybody goes, Yep. Yeah. Everybody hits a button. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it. So I, I think you miss that personal touch in terms of, as you said, your example from player to coach and you're walking to lunch or you're walking out to practice and where you're walking to a walkthrough and you're able to go, Hey coach, just go over that one more time about where do I need to be? Am I outside the hash? Yeah. And then, and then disguising, and, you know, and then am I, is my depth <laughs> six and a half yards on that? Or am I eight and a half yards? And where do you want me to be? And I think you miss those little things of being able to tease a guy also to say, I knew you didn't have that. Yeah. Let's do it again. Yeah. And now you get that kind of bond going with your coach in terms of a rapport of, of communication. And, and you don't get to break that down when you're sitting in your room and maybe, you know, you have a family and you have a, you know kids yeah. running around or you're single and you, you can't wait to maybe do something else. And you're kind of going through saying, yeah, I got it. But really, you don't. Well, you know, it's, it's funny, John, because, you, you know, you look at on a, the way the way the norm, uh, what norm has been in the National Football League over the last you know, dozen years or however long, you know, you, you've had these OTAs and all these different types of things going on. You know, we've seen, John, we've seen at times where, you know, you, you kind of look at these OTAs and then, then you watch a mini camp and, and you go, oh, geez, all right, you know, this guy, you know, and, 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 and basically now I'm talking about the rookies or, or new guys that have come into the team and, and young guys, not, not, not guys that have been five, six, seven-year veterans right. in the league because they catch on pretty well. But from a rookie standpoint where the change of – 
you know, terminology, the way they go about business, the way you get in the huddle, the way you get out of the huddle, you know, how practice works. Where do you, where do you go first? What do you do? All, all those things that, that you go through. And, and so you get all that through the OTAs and through mini camps, but John, even, even with all that, and, and we've all seen it over the years where you're looking at the young guys, you're looking at the rookies and watching them progress through, through mini camps and, and OTAs. And you go, no, that kid's looking pretty good. And then all of a sudden you put the pads on and you go out in the field and the kid doesn't know where to go, doesn't know what to do and just kind of loses everything. <laughs> so I well, think yeah. that, so I think uh, that, you know, that, that, that unknown of does it sink in or are they getting it is much more difficult between coach and player under this circumstance. Uh, I know technology is great and I know you can get all these people on, but that, that, that physical contact that, like you said, just walking and talking, um, you know, and we've seen it, like I said, over the years where you've had a guy and you go, hey, a guy looks pretty good. And then all of a sudden he can't remember how to run a route. You know, <laughs> he doesn't know where he's supposed to be. And right. you go, how can you do that? They've been through OTAs. Now you're going to run into that at some point when camps open up here. And it's probably going to be a lot more so, John, with these virtual meetings, because, you know, if you're a young guy, you, you don't want to be the guy that every time the guy puts an install. We have to well, slow down just because well, of, for well, you. Well, when you talk about the yeah. deep third, coach, I mean, how far the, am I supposed to be on the, you know, closer to the line, to, to the sideline? Am I supposed to be on a number? You know, all those little things that you can, little nuances, I think, are the things that you miss when, when you have virtual meetings rather than what you would normally have on the field, the on the field work that you see. Well, I think so, Bo. And also, you know, you mentioned something about us kind of sitting around and watching the OTAs when they finally get out onto the field and not for the veterans, but for the young guys. We we would have an example. We'd say, hey, Bo, check it out. They use Curtis Weaver uh, again mm -hmm. in this, you know, with the ones and and he was able to be at an outside linebacker position and dropping or starting a defensive end and, and moving or we saw, uh, you know, somebody else moving it at a DB spot yeah. and he's, you know, running now the nickel, the slot nickel. And we didn't think he could do that, but he's fast yeah. enough to do that. Yeah. You know, it's funny how you pick things up and you see guys getting more reps. You know, our offensive line is going to endure a significant change, hopefully yeah. for the better in 2020. But now you have guys like Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt and Solomon Kinley, now, all three of those guys are running with the ones. This is great. Yeah. Let's check it out. Some, you know, so-and-so is at center instead of at guard or at tackle. Let's this, you know, maybe he has position flexibility all over the place. So you miss things like that. And I, and I believe the NFL, once we finally get to closer to the month of July and yeah. closer, you know, to maybe a, a penciled in start date where camps were originally going to start, I would think there's going to be some type of provision to bring these guys in maybe a week to 10 days, even earlier than the original start date and, and not to be out on the field, but just to go through the, the normalcy of getting your physical, which might be yeah. a little bit more uh, entailed in terms of health, you know, your, your original health start, you know, for each guy yeah. where you're at with your numbers and then being able to go into meetings with, Hey, today's just defense. And, and, you know, let's spread out throughout the building. Tomorrow's just offense with the offensive coaches. Let's spread out within the building and let's, you know, get get up maybe 10, 7 to 10 days head start on training camp. So everybody kind of gets that uh, being around the building feeling and being yeah. around the coaches and being around how, how it's going to be hopefully throughout the entire season. 
and and give these guys an opportunity to to maybe pick up on some of the lost things that they were missing out on in the months of you know May and early June. Yep. You know, you talk about missing out too. I mean, I mean, you know, to me, one one of the great things that one of you know that about as much as much like going from high school to college. You, know, you go from college to the pros, and, and you know how it is when you you know you go into well, you come into high school and you go to college, John, and, and you got your recruiting class, right? All right. the guys that got recruited your year, and you're going to be there with them for three or four or five years, depending on what your situation is, and. And there's always a kinship between those groups, right? Those yes, those classes, and, and and it's the same in the NFL. And 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 I think one thing that these guys are, are are missing out on is is just that that hey, we all got drafted. We got what they got? What was it? What they end up eleven eleven picks, right? Eleven draft picks that they ended up with after moving the trades and stuff like that. You got eleven guys that are kind of tied at the hip together throughout their career, where you you know you go, hey, this is these guys. We all we all came in in the great Zay in the same draft class. And, and I just remember the first mini camp I went to where we had like two days where it was just the rookies before the veteran came. So exactly. different than, obviously yeah. different than what it is now, but where you get a chance to just be with those, with that rookie class, whether it's draft choice and free and free agents and, and just get to know them and just get to buy and, you know, just to share the experience of being, Hey man, can you believe we're here? You know, and, and geez, you know, and, and you get to meet these guys and get to bond with them. And, and and I think you know th- those little things like that that they miss out that they they're missing out on, you know. To me, a lot of that stuff was was pretty special. I can remember, you know, we we had seventeen. When when I got drafted, we had seventeen rounds, and, and I can remember almost every guy from my rookie draft class. And and there's some that didn't even make the team that I still stay in contact with. Right. Others others obviously that made the team where you develop relationships with. And, and and it was it's really one of the special things in, in in my life and a lot of those guys' life. And it's unfortunate these guys don't get the opportunity right now to to go through that because that's basically what they would be doing right about now with this this distance after the draft. Yeah, and I'm sure they're they're getting together virtually in terms of you know all the young guys have to catch up and, and get mm-hmm. some things done that maybe the veterans don't have to do that they went through either two, three, four, or five years ago, whenever they were drafted or you had a contract signed by an undrafted free agent. So you you have all these guys getting together, but there's nothing like going from a meeting and then going into lunch and kind of sitting around and seeing where everybody decides to sit and yeah. seeing this, you know, decides who's going to talk to who and who's going to, you know, get this relationship going uh, where that bond may end in a month or two, yeah. or it may end in 10 years yeah. or 12 years from now. And, yeah. and and like you said, or may never end. Like you said, there's certain guys that were either on the team or not that you still have a relationship with that are built within the first maybe couple weeks or month that you're together at training camp or at that camp that you're at, which would be for the modern day player, the OTA that they've missed out on. So you're right. There There is a, a special bond that these guys are, are a little bit missing out on the human aspect of it in terms of uh, being a p- in-person relationship, but hopefully they'll be able to fast that track yeah. that in the month of July. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see, John. You know, it's it's, it's like everywhere else, and uh, you know, you, the the conversations now that 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 a lot of people are having, whether whether you're a professional football player, whether you're a college athlete, whether you're just a uh, you know just a, a just a guy doing his, you know, living his life or girl living his life, family living their life is, 
When are things going to change? When are things going to open yeah. up? When's, when's our city going to open up? When's our state going to open up? You know, when, when can I go out and get my hair cut again? When I can do that, do that, all those types of things. And, and the NFL is going through the same thing, John. And then the conversations get to be, they're getting to be a little longer now. And they're getting to be a little more, uh, you know, you're getting a little closer to that situation. So, so the, the, the thought about the NFL itself opening up, uh, it's, it's interesting, John, because you've got, you got different situations that they're dealing with. You know, I know, I know I've been reading about the, the teams in California, the two LA teams, uh, San Francisco, you know, the, the, you know, California is a state that may not open up for quite a while uh, and, and may not allow uh, sports teams to, to get together where, where now I've heard that those California teams are looking outside of the state to set up training camp to get away. So, just the thought of opening up is another thing that, that really has become, at this time, the draft is behind us, they've signed free agents, and now, it's, now their focus is on, hey, how can I get my team ready to play whenever the season starts, in, in a not, not knowing when and where or how it's going to open up for them. Um, you know it's going to open sometime, John, but boy, I tell you, you, know, you, you, you listen and you listen and you read and you, listen, you, and you, you try to figure out where and when, and um, it's hard to imagine what this league is going to be like when they do open up and, and allow people to start getting together in some form or fashion. Well, that is the dilemma now, not only for the NFL, but as you said, you know, a, a regular guy or, or, or woman that are trying to open up in a barbershop or a salon mm-hmm. or a nail technician or a restaurant or whatever it is, depending on where you live and what type of local government stance um, in terms of being able to say, are we allowed to open up at the end of May? Is it May 15th? Is it, is it now June 1st? Is it June 15th? You know, everybody's a little bit different. And I guess the best way to do it is going through the protocol of where you are uh, nationally in that, in that cycle where that wave, uh, you know, in, in terms of suppressing, uh, the virus. And, and I guess everybody has their own stance and their own say on where they are, but you can look at, and see pretty much it, it's universal. You know, if, if it's trending down and continuing to go down, your chances should be pretty good that you're going to be able to open up uh, relatively soon. And I'm, you know, certain states and certain counties in, within those states are doing better than maybe other parts of the state. So naturally they would have a chance to open up quicker uh, but I would say for the NFL aspect of it, we still have a long way to go. And I've been mm-hmm. reading a lot for not only the NFL, but for college football that, you know, fans around the country, you know, definitely want their college football. And I think we're just, you know, we have some time still to wait. I don't think there needs to be uh, any concrete decision in terms of government, especially Telling us it's not there's not going to be football in the fall. Well, we really don't know that yet. Let's yeah. let it play out. Let let's let it kind of see where we are at, at June first, and then June fifteenth, and then you know at the end of June, and where are we mm-hmm. at after July fourth weekend? You know where where are we at? You know in July fifteenth, and, and you kind of go along the calendar, and and I think those decisions should be made easier as we know more. And yeah. as the doctors and the science and, and all those things kind of meld together, we should know more by, uh, you know, a month and a half down the road than we are right now. So yeah. I think patience is should be on everybody. Everybody should be heeding some patience and, and some time to see where we are 
you know, 15 days, 20 days from now compared to where we are right, you know, at this moment in time. Yeah, it's it's funny, John, because you look at it, and I think we've kind of been under this under this whole umbrella now for what about two and a half months? Right. It seems right, seems right, like, right about yeah. there. But but you look at what has happened over those two and a half months. You know, from the very beginning, where it's just okay. Look, you guys got to, you know, you you got to stay away from people. We're going to shut businesses down. All these things, and, and and how much we've advanced. You know, from a medical standpoint, you know, they're they're doing right. more testing. They're doing, you know, they're getting different 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 things that have hope uh, that this thing is going to going to be better, and we're going to be able to control it better, and all these things. And they come a long way in two and a half months. And if you go to the normal start day for NFL camps, is normally around the what the twenty fifth, twenty sixth. Yeah, of, I would say July, so. right? Which 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 from 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 today is really about two and a half months away. So, it seems like so an eternity you, from what it, the, the way the days have been crawling around over the last, you know, month and a half to two months. You're right, Bo. But but I'm also looking at how much we've advanced in those two and a half months mm-hmm. and how much can we advance in the next two and a half months to make it safe for everyone to do things. Right. Now, as I talk about you, you know, the other thing with the with the NFL <laughs> opening and, and letting people get back to work and get back into their facilities or, or however they're going to do it. You know, the NFL's got to play the game of, hey, everybody's got to be in the same field. In other right. words, if, if California and the teams that are up in New Jersey um, can't, can't, start, can't get right. back, you, you, can't yeah. let every, you can't let all the other teams in the league get to work and have those guys be just, just sitting on the sidelines, you know, w- waiting for another two or three weeks until they're able to go. So the league's got to manage, you know, both – the safety of their players, the safety of staff, the safety of everyone, the safety of fans, all those types of things. But there's always got to there, but there's it's got to be equitable too. You, right. You're, I think Mike Tomlin came out and spoke about that the other day in terms of you know everybody's got to have the same start date or you know there yeah. shouldn't be a team that has an advantage just because they're in a state where they've been open for you know a month and mm-hmm. we're still kind of waiting to to get the green light to go. Right. Yeah, so that's you know that's a, that's the other thing that, that plays in there. But um, you know it, it's it's you know I, I, I wish somebody had an answer. But every day, you know, you I think we're all the same. We're kind of reading what we can read, listening to what we can listen to, listen to. But still, it's um, it's going to be a uh, well, like every like everything since this thing closed down, it's going to be an interesting uh, exercise to see how this thing goes. Well, I'm I'm just anxious to see where it goes because I yeah. know. I'm hoping that, you know, the positive starts to outweigh the negative in terms of where we are. And as you said, we've, we've come a long way within of the last month and a half and two months. And I'm hoping that that, that progression continues, that, you know, it, it relieves not only of, of the tragedies, you know, that are brought along with this virus, but some really positive stories that start emerging that, you know, people getting back to work, people getting back to their livelihood and people actually trying to survive instead of maybe just crossing their fingers and hoping for the best that, you know, you hope that for, for the betterment of, of humanity around the world, that we, we get back to some sense of normalcy that we find something that can at least, you know, fend off this, this deadly virus. Yeah. You know, you know, it's uh, I was, uh, you know, he talked about looking, you know, you're looking on TV, you know, everyone's been, you know, every every sports fan, every quasi sports fan, every sports talk host, 
uh, every every sports network on TV seems like they've been living off the Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael yeah. Jordan. <laughs> you 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 you. They you wish every day was Sunday. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. They they put the they put the show on uh, the Last Dance on on Sunday night, and on Monday every sports talk station in the uh, in the in the United States. That's what they're talking about, right? I know it. it, it, it it's really fascinating really nothing, stuff. Really, nothing else to talk about. But but along that lines, so the you know uh, ESPN this last week, and I caught myself watching. Started playing. Started playing the uh, Korean baseball league. Have you seen this? Oh yeah, I have seen that. Oh yeah. So they're so they're running, and it's like it comes on like out here for us. It comes on like at you know five o'clock in the morning or right. whatever whatever time it was. But I did catch one game. And they got no fans in the stand, but you know what they've done? It, it's I don't know if you watched it, but you know what they've done is they've got in the stands where where the I guess you're kind of along the camera line, you know where the camera line right. sees of the fans. They've got like uh, cutouts of fans back there cheering, <laughs> and eating popcorn, and everything, and they piped in the they pipe in the they so piped the, in the audience sound, the crowd noise, and you know what? It sounds all right. It looks all right. You know, you know what? Every time I peeked in, I've seen an overthrow or an error. <laughs> and, and some, some with a base hit. There's a, a fielding error, or or there's an overthrow, and guys just run around the bases. That's what I've my well, take you know, away I, I from was, that. I was watching the other night. I was watching part of the game the other night, and they're showing the uh, the scoreboard for the other teams. And I and I think that you know, I mean, the score is like fourteen to ten, yeah, seven. But you know what? That's my kind of baseball. I'd rather, I know. I'd rather, I'd rather have that than a one nothing one game, nothing a, a pitcher's duel. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hey, uh, one thing, John, before we go, uh, let's, uh, you know, the, one of the other things that came out, obviously the draft and everything, but, you know, after that, everyone was awaiting the uh, the release and, you know, with everything that happened with Coach Shula and uh, and everything, and, and I think we're all waiting to, to find out, and I'm sure that at some point, John, there's going to be a, you know, a public memorial for, for Coach Shula, and my guess would be it would be at the stadium somewhere or somewhere like, whenever it is, whether it's a month from now, two months from now, six months from now, whatever. Um, uh, we all be, we're all looking forward to that. But, you know, last week we kind of spent a lot of time or the whole show talking about, you know, Coach Shul and his influence on everybody and our thoughts about him. And, 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 uh, and we didn't really talk much about the schedule. So let's kind of run through the schedule a, a sure. little bit here. And, uh, and uh, as the Dolphins going, you know, since you, you open up with a couple uh, AFC East games and, and they're going to be, you know, these two games are going to be, I think they're going to be very – they're going to tell you a lot about, um, I think, the AFC East, what it holds, uh, because you got New England, the New England Patriots up in New England at Foxborough to, or, uh, to, uh, to open the season at Gillette. And then you got the Buffalo Bills coming down uh, to Miami for the first game. And so you'll see the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Patriots playing each other in the first two weeks. I'm going to give you a little snapshot of what the AFC is going to be, a little precursor, I guess, if you will. To the uh, to the remainder of the season here. I agree with you, Bo, because you know everybody's talking about how the AFC East might be a little bit more obviously wide open than it has in the past with the departure of Tom Brady at New England. But but the Miami Dolphins are going right back to where they ended their 2019 season yeah. with a three point win, and it's been 20 years since this franchise have won back to back games in New England. Yeah, and, and that call it, it really you know, culminates with Tom Brady's arrival and departure in New England. So you have a chance to 
to get a win in New England again for the first time in 20 years, back-to-back variety. And then you get the Buffalo Bills, and everybody's talking about Buffalo being yeah. at the top of the list in the AFC. They're the team to beat. So right away you get you get two teams that you want to be able to at least split. You know, you'd love to you'd love to find a way to beat one of those two teams twice, but you at least have to beat them once. And I think getting Buffalo down here in the heat is yeah. finally an advantage because you know you're returning back there to to finish off the season. Yeah, no doubt. And in, in New England, you know, you just you know, you 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 look at all the different prognosticators and, and what's going on there and boy I tell you they get they're still getting a lot of respect because Bill Belichick's there. But boy, you, right. you take out you take out Brady, uh you you know, we saw when that when you saw that team without Gronk was a completely different team. Uh you know that that's Van Noy's you know, on our on our yeah Van Noy's over here yeah they lost players and and so yeah. um, it's going to be interesting to see what that what that team can be with Bill Belichick and without Brian, without uh, Tom Brady uh, at yeah. the home after that after that you got Jacksonville uh, a team that's you know big disappointment last year and and they seem to be a little bit of a little bit of a mess there going uh, going up to Jacksonville there. Uh, and then you got Seattle coming to coming to town for week four. So next couple of games, pretty interesting. The Jacksonville team that uh, they're trying to rebuild, and the Seattle team that uh, you know that that always in contention, always going to be good with Russell Wilson and that group. Uh, you know they're going to you know they're going to come in and be a uh, uh, be a tough out for the Dolphins and they're really yeah. anybody they play. Yeah, you get a premier quarterback in the National Football League and Russell Wilson. Coming to Hard Rock Stadium on October 4th. And, and I, I guess, Bo, anytime you have that Thursday night game, it's better to get it early when hopefully yeah. your your roster is healthy. And especially you only have to get on a flight for, what, 50 minutes yeah. to go to Jacksonville. So I guess that's the bo- the best of both worlds in terms of travel and when you have to play that on the short week against a team that's searching. You know, you get Gardner Minshew in his second year. You got Fournette yeah. still to deal with, but that's a lot of turmoil that Doug Marone has to has to go about uh, up in Jacksonville this year. Yeah, then you got uh, you got which which I would assume would be a, a trip that the that the Dolphins probably stay out on the West Coast. Right. They got, uh, they're at San Francisco on uh, on uh, October 11th, and then the week next week uh, they're at Denver. My assumption would be they probably would go out to San Francisco and then uh, either stay in stay in the Bay Area or, or head to Denver to get used to the altitude. Uh, and, but I would assume that's going to be a, uh, a trip where the Dolphins would stay out there and uh, instead of coming back and forth. Well, they've had experience in doing that when they've played the Chargers when they were in San yeah. Diego and then going up to L.A. to play the Rams. Yeah. So, you, you, as you said, you're going to get a team that was maybe a, a quarter away from winning it all in San Francisco that is so talented in terms of offense and defensive lines and how they get after you. And then Denver's improved in terms of mm-hmm. getting some firepower around Drew Locke with Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. And uh, they get a new center in Cushberry from LSU. So th- this is, this going to be a tough, tough out for sure in San Fran, but Denver, that that's the one you're circling. You're, you're hoping that you can find a way to win that game. Yeah. Then, uh, then you got the two, uh, two LA teams coming to town, the chargers uh, coming to town, then the, then the Rams coming to town and, you know, both of them interesting teams. New quarterback in uh, in uh, for the Chargers, the Rams, a team that was you know right in the Super Bowl a couple not not so long ago, a couple of years ago, uh, and, and trying to get back. And, and they're a very talented team. I think both of those teams, both those are going to be big big time challenges uh, at uh, at Hard Rock Stadium. 
And I think the challenge for the Dolphins, you know, as you mentioned, if the Dolphins stay out in San Francisco, in the Bay Area after they play the 49ers or go to Denver, that's a lot of travel going from yeah. the West Coast back to East Coast and then trying to get yourself ready to play two teams that are coming from coast to coast. I just think it's going to be one of those cross your fingers. You, you hope you can get through the month of October and early in November when you play the Rams. Uh, at least at 500 because they're two talented football teams at, at the bookends, San Francisco and the LA Rams. LA Rams have a solid receiving core. And then if you don't block Aaron Darnold, Darnold you're in trouble for four yep. quarters. So you got to find a way to do that. And after that, you got to head back out to out West to the Arizona Cardinals. That's a long trip and, uh, that you got to get. And then, and then the Jets, you get the opportunity to catch the Jets for the first time uh, in week 10 and, and to see what that football team's all about. And, and, John, you know, when you when we talk about the AFC East, we talk about the Bills, we talk about New England, you know, I have a hard time wrapping my arms around the Jets right now and, and figuring mm -hmm. what they're going to be, how they're going to be. You know, they helped their offensive line with the draft. Uh, you got Sam Darnold coming back for them, hopefully for a season where he's healthy. He had that mononucleosis last year. But when he came back, boy, he looked really good for he the did. Jets and they were able to do something. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, you know it, it, it's, you know, the for, for the last – two decades it's been new england and everybody else in the afc east but i think as we talked about earlier i think the afc east is wide open and, and i think everybody everybody in that comp in that division really has a chance to to win the division or, or everyone has a chance to come up last in that division because you're right a lot of, a lot of unknowns really a lot of unknowns and more more unknowns in the afc east john than i think we've seen in in quite a while well, it's an interesting schedule for the Dolphins because, as you mentioned at the top, you get New England and Buffalo in back-to-back -back weeks to start the season. And then in the month of November, you have a bye week wedged in between the two <laughs> meetings with the New York Jets. And yeah. I'm not so sure that that hasn't happened in, in quite some time. I, 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 can't, I can't remember it. Yeah, and, and the, it's good that you get the same opponent. And it's, you know, it's probably for, for both teams, if it works out that way, that you're able to do less prep on, yeah. on the Jets because you know them and you move on to the month of December. But, yeah, you're right. It could be feast or famine for really anybody in this division, and it's you're, you're going to learn a lot with those back-to-back -back games against the Jets. The Dolphins should have swept the Jets last year and, and have a chance to do that this year. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is odd. You know, I, I remember it was a couple of years ago. Remember was it was a – remember was it was a last year. Did they had the Jets had a bye week and then had the Giants the next week. Right. Right, where he went. So he went back up to the Meadowlands twice, but to go, to get up and play the the Jets one week and then get a bye and have them come back the next week. I don't know that I've seen, but you says you said, you know that that's the type of situation you'd like to have, like for a Thursday night game, right? Exactly. You play them once, and, and then and then you got you got half your preparation done for the next game. But uh, one way or another, you're you're going to have a bye week to to kind of look back at what you did in that game, and uh, you'll be seeing those guys for two weeks. Going to be seeing a lot of Jets on the on, on the tapes as they get ready for the game. Um, Cincinnati after that, and then Kansas City, Cincinnati, uh, and Kansas City, both at, both at Hard Rock. Both can be really interesting games. You know, you look at Joe Burrow coming in with Cincinnati. If A.J. Green comes back and he's healthy with those guys, um, how good are they going to be? And, and, look, we, we know what Kansas City brings. And, uh, and, and, you know, tough game. But, boy, I tell you, if you're a football fan, you're, you're, you got to be excited about seeing the Kansas City Chiefs come to Hard Rock Stadium. Because well, you, you, you know you know they're going to put on the show. Yeah, you get some really interesting quarterbacks visiting Hard Rock Stadium, Seattle with Russell Wilson, and then another guy 
who might be at the top of the heap in Patrick Mahomes, December 13th. Uh, you get the Heisman Trophy winner in the first overall draft yep. choice in this year's draft, Joe Burrow coming in the week before. So you feel good and you feel confident about getting a victory, uh, hopefully against Cincinnati and their young quarterback. And you never know by that time who's going to be playing quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, whether it's Tua from the beginning or it's Tua in the middle or, or maybe at the end of the schedule. But you, at least you get three home games in a row with Cincinnati, Kansas City, and then on December 20th you get New yeah. England again for that return trip at, at Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's going to be uh, going to be going to be nice to catch them later in the season at, at the end of the year. Uh, then you know, then Las Vegas, Las, you wrap up the season uh, at Las Vegas first uh, first opportunity to get out there for uh, to play the Raiders and, and then Buffalo at home. And John, that uh, <laughs> that first trip to Las Vegas. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of concerning. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's not a whole lot to say. You just kind of throw your hands up in the air, right? And hope for the best, man. Hope for the I, best. I, you, you know, the you know the 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 Heat for a long time had that uh, had that South Beach South Beach advantage. You know, right? They they play basketball teams that had that vodka virus coming from a, a night on <laughs> South Beach and, and and then go out and play the Heat. Uh, you know that night, but uh, Las Vegas that's going to be a big home field advantage for the Raiders. Uh, Although, look, it could it could erode their team too. From you got guys sitting in casinos. It's 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 going to be a it's going to be a really interesting dynamic to me. Uh, whether it's the Raiders or whoever would have been would have gone into Las Vegas to have a team in Las Vegas and and just see what the impact is going to be on uh, on both players that play there and teams that come visit Las Vegas. Well, it'll be interesting how the fan base reacts, you know, yeah. around the National Football League. I'm sure everybody that has the Raiders on their schedule are putting that in like a Sharpie highlighter. To, hey, I, I got to go to that game. You know, I want yeah. to go to that game. Let's make a trip out of that game. And you wonder how teams do react. You know, the fan bases are going to be amped up and, and ready to go. But how do the players react to going out there? And, and then, as you said, uh, it seems like, all the time we're either at new England or at Buffalo or at the Jets to end the season, you know, always finishing in the cold. So hopefully Sunday, January 3rd, as we turn the calendar, that, that game, you know, those last two games mean something for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So it looks like a good schedule, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good teams coming in, a lot of excitement. So all we need to do, John, is get this thing going and uh, get, get teams into training camp, but uh, time will tell and, and we'll see, but I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm really I'm really glad that the NFL is is going through the motions of normalcy right now as much as they can with the schedule didn't change the schedule outcome and a lot of people were saying that they should push it back and and this and that and they said no we're gonna we're gonna stay with our schedule and 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 I I, I kind of like that leadership from up front I do too ha- stay with stay with what you have have a plan have some contingency plans for how you're going to be able to deal with fans and how you're going to deal with schedule. And if you have to move, you move uh, back to a little bit of a later start date. But I, I, I agree. It gives you a sense, gives you something to shoot for. And let's see where we're at, you know, at the beginning of June. Let's see where we're at at the beginning of July and see if we can, you know, pull this off in terms of being able to have a regular start date, have fans in the seats and, and enjoy a 2020 NFL season. Yeah, John, I, I know there's some some talk also about the about the Dolphins or or somebody else um, uh, getting together with Atlanta. Uh, talking about um, you know the, uh, the the going up early, practicing, and then and then playing the game. 
uh, they, uh, they play Atlanta the first preseason game. Uh, and, and I think this is kind of one of those years. I, I like those. I've always liked those things. I always like those situations where you go and play, get practice against somebody. They did it in Tampa last year. Uh, they've done it when they've done it in Philadelphia a couple of years ago and, and so forth. And to me, that's, you know, I, I, I would rather have those practices than a preseason game. And so I'm hoping that the Dolphins, and I would think most teams this year in particular, would embrace that idea of, of, of having one of those weeks in training camp and preseason games where, where you do go out and practice against that team that you're going to play on the on Saturday or Friday or whatever day that's going to be on um, and, and then play the preseason game. I think the, I think teams get a lot of it. And, John, we were both out in Tampa last year, and right. I think we both felt that they got a lot of good work, both sides, out of, uh, out of those, uh, those meetings. Well, they did, and you, and you get to be around your team in, in terms of uh, getting to know how you play against an opponent instead of practicing against, you know, the same, the same team, the same player, the same plays. Uh, you get to kind of go against somebody else, and it does elevate the practice into more of a game-type yeah. situation, and I think you're able to, to get more out of it, and especially getting more out of it in terms of going through the practice and then breaking down the film and yeah. being able to evaluate yourself against um, a different opponent and then going through the preseason game, it's always a benefit. Yeah. yeah. All right, John. But, uh, it's, uh, things are changing pretty quickly. I'm not sure what they're going to be next week and the week after that, but uh, but we'll be back here for the Audible and uh, try to keep everyone up to date on it. And like we said, uh, you know, like we've been saying all along, just make sure that uh, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, you know, stay stay separated from people. Stay in your house as much as possible. Wear your mask. Do all the right things, and uh, and hopefully we'll all be uh, be better for it uh, a month or two down the road. Boy, I sure hope so, Bo. You know, it's one of those things where you're kind of going through it, and you're right. Two months ago, it looks a lot different than it does now, and ho- hopefully, uh, a month and a half or two months from now looks a lot different than where we're at. So um, I'm I'm just. The glass is half full when we're trying to push forward, but stay safe and stay healthy. Everybody.